0: Welcome to Man Up, a podcast by men, about men, and for men who want to be better fathers, husbands, leaders, and followers of Jesus. Are you ready? Man Up. Yes, sir! Welcome, welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Jared Bowman, and this is Man Up, your podcast with the encouragement that you need to be a better father, husband, leader, And follower of Jesus. We're a band of brothers. We're soldiers. We're comrades in arms. We fight side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and hand over hand until each of us has helped the others attain the high calling of Jesus. And today, I'm joined by two guests. I know last week it was just me, it was totally weird, (laughs) but we're back to having guests. And I've got two to make up for the absence last week. On my left, I have Keith the Legend Stoneheart. (laughs) And then on my right, I've got Dr. Kenny Embry, two good friends, two people that I enjoy hanging out with. And today we're going to be talking about burnout. Yes, burnout. I know I just did an episode (laughs) on burnout, but I didn't feel like I did a good job of it. So I brought two guys in to help me with that. It's no fault of Tony Mox. He did a good job. I just didn't do a good job on the episode myself, but we're going to make it better. Right, guys? Absolutely. That's right. That's right. I brought in two of the most burned out guys I know (laughs) to talk about this today. (laughs) Tony could not
1: be an expert on that. That's exactly right. He was. He was too fresh. He was too fresh. That's
0: the problem. (laughs) He was. uh, That was my mistake, Kenny. He was coming off of vacation. (laughs) Oh yeah, he was.
2: Yeah, he he was like he was like brand new. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for being here. Just a moment for our listeners. I want to let everybody know. That if you haven't gone and checked out the new YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash the at sign and then all one word, The Real Dad channel, please do so. It's going to be a wonderful resource. It's going to be a continuation of a lot of the things that we talk about here on the program with some other videos that are going to help you navigate dad life. So, guys, let's talk about burnout. When I say the word burnout, and I'm going to throw this one over to Stoneheart first, what do you think about, Keith, when I say the word burnout?
2: Falling down, and I don't know why I get that mental image. But when I think about myself, when I think about mental burnout, I picture in my mind physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. You know, when whenever when you know the, when the guy completes the race and then he just like falls on his face, for whatever reason, that's kind of what it feels like in the in the mind. Is like except it's happening in slow motion, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the it's the really dramatic scene in the movie where, you know, the guy is, he's crossing the finish line, man, and he's giving it all he's got, and it starts to happen slowly and just falls, you know, and it's it's really, you know, almost elegant in the movies. feels very different in real life, but that's what I picture. Uh, all right, Embry, what do you think about burnout?
1: Burnout is, is one of those things that we, we actually know a lot about. If you're talking about it personally, there are three components to burnout that we know. And this is from research by by a woman named Christina Macek. There's that exhaustion that that Stoneheart is talking about, but then there's a cynicism that that is accompanied with it, and and basically that cynicism is something that we call a depersonalization. In in, in other words, when mm-hmm. you start seeing that you are becoming less and less engaged, and it's because you're seeing so little reward for your effort, and 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 that becomes when you start seeing so little reward for your effort, you start feeling ineffective. You just feel like I'm... Yeah. One of the things that I've, I've told some friends recently is, is that not all movement is progress. And I feel like I'm moving a lot, but I don't know that I'm accomplishing a lot. And really, that, that goes, again, back to that cynicism, which, which, which is mm-hmm. kind of sp- coming out of that just sheer exhaustion. Uh, that Physically exhausted i'm psychologically exhausted i'm emotionally exhausted and i think a lot of it has to do with i mean th- there are a lot of external factors that we could talk about we could talk about an economy that is not doing well there you can mm-hmm. talk about so the layoffs that have already happened and people who had who, who oh yeah were supposed to have one job now basically have two or three different jobs but it's all under one title they just have higher expectations because now you're doing The work of two or three people and there's no mystery to this but but it's it's just it's not fun
0: yeah and i think the external is one of the things that's making maybe burnout right now a little more difficult to process that you mentioned things like the economy and the layoffs i mean i live a few hundred miles north of silicon valley in portland oregon so i mean less than a thousand miles between me and silicon valley i live less than a thousand miles below Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. The tech sector is in a is in crisis right now. They, I mean it's having a coming of age identity crisis. <laughs> Everybody from Facebook yeah. to Amazon is panicking trying to figure out who they need to be. And it's affecting a lot of the people that I know. That on top of that, you've got political burnout. You've got expectations that seem like they're constantly being subverted and then when you raise any questions about it, you're immediately called a mm-hmm. denier and you feel ashamed for even having mm-hmm. questions. The quickness with which society wants to categorize and label has led people, many people. I mean, we're all podcasters. We have to be extremely careful with what we say all the time lest we get flagged and labeled and as distributing misinformation and that type of thing. It's a stressful time to be alive right now.
1: The problem is the Internet doesn't have an off button. And it is a never-ending source of stimulation. If you cannot moderate yourself, do not ask the, the internet to do that for you because it won't.
2: <laughs> so you know, we are definitely in a, in a unique space in time as men too because I you know yeah. I'm not sure if you noticed men aren't particularly looked upon favorably anymore. It's hard to be a man right now. And there's a a, a very despondent and almost desperate age group right now the 20 30 year old men that aren't getting married and it's because yeah. they can't do anything right uh, on one hand they're yeah. acting too feminine because they're they're trying not to be toxic male and so mm-hmm. women aren't attracted to that on the other side of the coin you got men who are just like fed up and they're not even trying anymore because they're tired of being accused of being a creep or being a murderer or, or, or whatever for even approaching a woman to talking to a woman you can't even and, and so we had these 20 to 30 year old men that are completely despondent because of the environment that, that we're currently living in. And So it's very easy to be burned out. You don't have to try very hard. Mm-hmm. Things that used to be easy and natural, like, you know, meeting someone and, you know, maybe going on a couple of dates. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, and then we are right in the line of fire to be accused of something because all it really takes in 2022 is for someone to say he did this, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. What matters is that someone said it mm-hmm. and that we now are in a, in a very you know, precarious situation at the accusation of someone else. We're stressed out all the time because of these things, right? It's dangerous to be a, a straight man in 2022.
0: Well, and I think that that's the goal. That it is to discourage us and it it is to get us to be quiet. That's one of the reasons, and I've already plugged the Real Dad channel. The last podcast that I did was called The Time Is Now Shoot Your Shot. <laughs> that yeah. it, it's basically now or never. And we've got guys that are delaying till the end of their 30s. The current thought progression among young women, and this is outside of God's people, obviously, is exactly what was said to men. 30 years ago, sow your wild oats and then find the one you want to settle down with when you're ready to have kids. That's terrible advice. Mm -hmm. And if you rebel against that advice, if you say, hey, this is not the way, then you are immediately exerting some sort of privilege. And like Keith was just saying, you have to, it feels like everything you have to say, you have to choose between either choosing your words carefully so that you don't offend because you don't want to turn off the ears of the person, but you also have to be able to say, I'm not going to play the game. And you're in this constant push-pull, and it is wearying. And I sort of think about David in the 61st Psalm when he said, From the ends of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faked, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. I think about that. And I think about it. what was David feeling when he wrote those words? What was he? Well, he's feeling weary. He's feeling like life is pushing in on him. I mean this is the man after God's own heart who's saying I don't have the strength to keep being who I know I need to be. That's yeah. burnout. I'm 100% convinced that it is orchestrated. It is meant to make us feel powerless and and at the whim of whoever wants to say that they're a victim of something that we've done. It's meant to make us feel like there's no sense in continuing. Just shut up, roll over, and let us do what we want to do.
2: Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. But you see this this same sort of mental headspace that Paul's in where he's like, We were just utterly, utterly despaired, you know, burdened. I don't know too many men that don't feel burdened. You know, I mean, whether no matter what walk of life you're in, you know I just did a podcast episode with with my best friend Scott. You know we do the Real Dill podcast, plug, and the <laughs> plug away. Come on, Kenny, <laughs> throw out
0: balancing the Christian life.
2: And we just did an episode about loyalty and how he's had some people who took his loyalty for granted. But it's one of those contributing factors that every relationship that we have is going to contribute to burnout in some degree, whether it's your relationship at work your relationship with your congregation with your elders, with students. in yeah. kenny's case your, your spouse your kids yeah. i mean yeah. every relationship wears on you a little bit and so it's it's the whole death by a thousand you know needles idea that, uh, yeah death by a thousand
0: yeah. a thousand needles is acupuncture <laughs> yeah. that doesn't kill you or does well, it might
2: it? But, uh, the uh It's that same same idea that that it's it's a constant chipping away at someone. We just pile on one little pebble at a time, thinking, oh, I can carry this too. Oh, I can carry this too. Oh, I can handle this too. And eventually you're under a mount that you can't carry at all. And so to answer one of the questions that you had in there, when do you start to feel burnout? I think it's often too late. What do
0: you think leads up to burnout, though? I mean, th- that's kind of the spirit of that question. It, what, what are the indicators for you? What, what, what's your check engine light, and what are the moments when you
2: begin to um, feel it? When I wake up with a dread, I have days where I wake up and, uh, okay, y'all aren't going to believe this, but I promise you this is true, and you can, you can ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm not a naturally positive person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am a natural pessimist. I think often about the things that'll go wrong. Now, what I do is every day I spend an hour on myself before I, before I interact with anyone. You know, I have a routine. I get up, I go downstairs, I work out. And in that, in that workout time, I'm it's, it, it's doubles as meditation and prayer time and that sort of thing too. And sure. And often I will listen to, you know, either the sermons or I'll listen to, a religious podcast or something to kind of help get my head right because if i if I don't leave the basement that same negative guy I went down at i have uh, to do this every day because I don't have a naturally positive outlook when I'm leading up to burnout, man, I have this dread where I just don't want even I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to talk to anyone, I just want to pull away from the world, and every now and then i'll I'll just say this I'll allow myself yeah. a day just to stay in bed.
0: What about you, Kenny? When do you start to feel that burnout? I mean, you know, Keith talks, the moment he knows it is when he wakes up in the morning and doesn't want to get up and work right. on himself, which I think that's a great indicator, by the way. When do you know it, that it's a problem? What's your check engine?
1: When I feel like I'm the most competent person in the room, when I feel like I'm the only one can, who can do whatever needs to get done, when I feel like I cannot delegate to anybody else. When I feel like there's nobody else that I can trust, you start making decisions that you never wanted to make. It's like, mm-hmm. boy, I, I get to choose today between doing my job or spending time with my family. I know what I should choose, but I know what I'm going to have to choose. When I start having to make those kind of decisions, I something's out of whack. And I know it's out of whack. And I don't see a solution to it. Those are some messed up priorities right there.
0: Well, and that's one of the things that that I I was hoping you were going to touch on is that leadership and the role that we're called to as husbands and fathers means that, and you use the illustration of your job, that means that when no one else can do it, I have to. I mean, it's kind of like Star Trek. Kirk's got people all over the ship that can do different (laughs) things. But then there's also the scene that happens in probably every four episodes where he tells the crew to abandon ship because he's going to scuttle the ship. And he's the one that's got to go down the ship. He's the one that's got to be – that's got to pull the last lever kind of thing. And I think that's one of the things that for me – Which I'm glad you didn't stop as being the only competent person in the room because then Keith and I would be burning you out on the
1: spot. (laughs) That does not include this room, guys. This definitely does not include this room.
0: Everybody's got a different metric. For me, burnout happens when the work stops. Like, if you keep giving me more work, I'll keep doing it, and I'll just keep doing it, and just keep doing it, and just keep doing it. But then eventually I have to turn around. And I was was to this point a few weeks ago with the YouTubing and the podcasting. Not that I was thinking about giving up, but I knew I had to retool things because I, I had a moment where I could take a breath and I could look at how it was growing, and I could see that the podcast had grown over a few months, but it was not really growing very fast, and the YouTube channel was just stagnant, yeah. and then in that, that one moment of downtime, that one moment to process, that question came up, is it even worth it? Right what's the value in what I'm doing? I mean, I'm wanting to reach thousands of people and use these things as opportunities to lead people to Jesus. And, and I made no bones about this on this program. I'm wanting these things in, with an uncertain future ahead of us and, and inflation and living in one of the most expensive parts of the country that you can live in. I'm hoping that eventually somebody will look at these and I'm going to start asking with things like co- buy me a coffee and, and Patreon and things like that. If you get value in this, I'd like you to subscribe. I'd like you to help me do this work sure. because it's a lot of work. Well, and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at everything that's going on and that's my check engine light. And another big check engine light is when I can tell that burnout is affecting me is that Lauren's attitude towards me will change because my attitude has changed in it.
1: Let me kind of step in just for, for a second here. I think one of the things that, sure. that has happened to us, we kind of talked about it with with how society is looking at men. And, and and the other thing that I would say is very specifically about what you're talking about. Men keep on asking mm-hmm. for permission and, wait, and, and we keep on waiting for awards. We keep on waiting for recognition. Yeah. And one of...
0: For somebody to come in and say, hey, now's your time to do this. Now's your time
1: to do this. And you are so good at what you do. Let me give you $1,000. Mm-hmm. And the problem yeah. with it is that's not the way it works. Look, the, yeah. the, the thing about almost anything that, I, that I've done of, of any value ends up me thinking, I wonder how this works. And if I ask somebody to help me with this, would they do it? And eventually you just have mm-hmm. to, Well, so like monetization you're talking about, at, at some point you're just going to have to ask somebody to give you money. And and yeah. they're either going to have to say yes or no. And then if they say no, yeah. then you're going to have to ask somebody else. I, the, the thing about it is is we keep on waiting for society's permission to be met. Why? They're never going to give it to us. Yeah. So why don't you just go be a man anyway? I think that's part of the thing that, that, that we've got we've to. We're asking for permission for things that God has told us to do. And and God has already told hey. us they're never going to give you permission. They're always going to tell you no. So stop asking for permission.
0: That is literally what that episode of of or what the last podcast that I did was about. So, you know, shoot your shot. Now is yeah. your time. Stop looking for permission to do what you need to do. You know, Keith, you mentioned how, you know, men are in a catch 22. It used to be fairly natural. I do want to say something about fairly natural and developing relationships. It, it might have been easy in your youth to start a relationship. <laughs> I had a whole Rolodex of women that had said no to me. So, I mean, oh, I just, it probably, probably not quite as, quite as easy as it was for Keith the Legend, uh, Stoneheart.
1: I was I was not a rock star in high school either. So. I no yeah. no. Uh, when you're
0: when you're the dude that walks around with a camera, a Bible, and and builds Lego, you're probably not getting
2: a lot of dates. I'll say this. Go ahead. What I've what I've learned in forty nine years of life is that you don't build up an endurance for burnout. I I don't anyway. I don't. You would think that after all these years of burnout of Seeing a cycle, because it is a cycle in my life. I go through cycles, and mm-hmm. I hit the burnout cycle. I, I see it coming, and I can't stop it. And whenever I come out of it, I know that I'm going to end up there again. What I've learned is that I haven't built up an endurance to it at all. If anything, the, the exact opposite has happened, that I don't have a high tolerance for it, and I'm not sure exactly what to do with that, how to process
1: there's something called the Peter Principle, which talks about the set of circumstances, the set of skills that get you to one level do not serve you well at the next level. That, that yeah. it's, it's, it's also called the rising to your level of incompetence. And I think one of the things that, again, it, it, it has to do with maturity and that's and part of growing up is, it, 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 you know, I, I knew everything about raising children before I had them. So, I mean, the, the, the thing about him is, mm-hmm. is, is uh, the things that worked for me as a single guy did not work for me as a married guy.
2: Right. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Once you get into all these different stages, you just start seeing that that there are skill sets that, that worked for you at one point that just don't work it.
2: I've never heard that, so that's actually something new for me today. These are two really
0: important concepts that we brought up or, or just two really crucial things to think about with burnout. That number one, one of the things that's causing us to burn out is that we feel we're in this place of feeling like we have to ask per, for permission for what we know we need to do. The other thing that's bringing on burnout is I've risen to this level where I was totally comfortable, but to reach the rung that I need to, that I need to reach in order to be, you know, I'll use something from my own life. I'm taking courses right now from a company called Think Media to become a better podcaster and YouTuber yeah. because I'm not going to figure this out on my own. I'm just not. right. I need the information, the skills that they have in order to help me grow in that way. I've got people behind me that need the information and skills that I have in order to become who they're going to be. And so you've got at the same time that you're trying to reach out and and do what needs to be done to get you to the next rung or to make you competent within that field, be it as a YouTuber, a podcaster, a husband, a father an evangelist, a college teacher, a professor. I mean, there are people that I know right now that are chasing down their PhD. Their minds are, are trying to absorb and process and grow. And at the same time, they're having to take on a whole new set of skills. I mean, Kenny, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> take on a whole new set of skills in order to reach that rung that they're trying to reach. There's a lot to process, guys. And you've got family drama. You've got occupational drama professional drama you've got drama in the church you've got drama in society yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, yeah. political drama and all of this just becomes this one big ball of concern and I, I was reading this past week and this the the show that the guy was on was a little bit too young for me but i know who he was a guy <laughs> named jason david frank uh-huh. he who played the green power ranger and later the white oh, Power yeah, ranger heard about this He was a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. He was a martial arts guy. He went around and talked to people about living up to their potential and not being overwhelmed. And he took his life. And then the background opens up and you find out he's going through a nasty divorce and that there's there's family members that were suing him for different things. And I'm not going to go into all of it. And I'm not trying to lionize him or justify anything that happened. But guys, we got to get better about realizing the position that we're in and where this burnout leads to, because it doesn't lead you to a, to be a better, and, and I liked Keith's point about it doesn't build up endurance. You might learn to tolerate more before you burn out, but you don't become stronger and more effective as a husband, a father, a leader, an evangelist, a college professor, a YouTuber, a podcaster, whatever it is. You don't become more effective by burning out. If anything, think, you become less effective.
2: I think too there's, there's an element that 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 is always playing in the background, so to speak, mm-hmm. with all this, and being men, you know, and being unapologetically a man, and and, and is that no one cares, right? Now I yeah. say that I mean as soon as I say no one cares, my wife cares, my I mean my my family, sure, yeah cares about me but in the grand scheme of things when i am beginning to to burn out who am i gonna tell right if i go to social media and i say something yeah i might get i might get a some comments and a hey praying for you but you, you, you know as well as i do that it's that's only going to you know stimulate the the neurological response and the synapses in my brain to give me a little dopamine to make me feel a little better in a moment. It's not really going to fix anything. And at at the end of the day, it's still just me. Right. Yeah. yeah. When I look in the mirror, it's still the guy behind the eyes that I have to deal with. And you know, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody Nobody cares that I'm tired. Chris Rock said, The only people that are loved unconditionally are women, children, and dogs. (laughs) He said men are only loved if they bring something to the table. And so (laughs) to some degree, we feel that. We feel like, well, I am only validated if I am providing, if I am protecting, if I am filling the blanks with all the things we do. But that's sort of the, what goes on in the head. And so when when the burnout begins to happen, those those concepts get really weighty. And it feels yeah. like the load that you're carrying gets heavier. Because yeah. nobody cares.
0: Well, and it gets lonelier, too. Yeah, that's... That, and and really, I that's, think that's...
2: That's a good way to describe hmm.
0: it. And, and that made the realization that I came to as I was... And again, I wasn't a huge fan of the guys. I knew who he was. But as I was processing that and thinking about how people younger than me were were processing seeing somebody that they all wanted to be on television process the death of that individual, because I, I remember the first time that I had that experience it was a shell shocking thing, to and, and and the the realization that that person that I knew a single dimension of was surrounded by people who only knew one dimension of who he was mm. and we're three-dimensional yeah. people everybody has struggles everybody i mean we love to roll out the highlight reels i i love to get up on, on the microphone and sound really confident at the beginning of every man up episode but that's just one dimension of who i am kenny balancing the christian life is just one dimension of who you are you're i mean you you kind of have both sides there are known in your university as well. So you've got your students that know you as Dr. Kenny Embry. You've got your podcast listeners that know you as the host of Balancing the Christian Life, Mm -hmm. who's this really super encouraging guy that we love to listen to because he encourages us. But your wife knows you as the guy that forgot to bring home the milk. (laughs) And your kids know you as dad. And I've had an argument with dad about this. And so I'm not happy with dad at this particular moment when people see just one facet of it. And that's where all your validation comes from. I think that that contributes to the, I I really do think that that's one of the things that, that contributes to the burnout is the loneliness of it all that I know really early on in my marriage, I was a terrible communicator. I could not sit down with Lauren and say, "Here are the things I'm worried about," because to me, that was not her role. My role was to fix things before they ever got to her, so that she didn't have to worry.
2: That's what I felt like I promised mm-hmm. on our yeah. wedding. I think that's yeah. a lot of men, just to be. Oh, just yeah. Jared. I think you know. Well, and, and I feel I feel like there's to be there's, honest there's, with you. a certain there's a certain to a certain degree we feel like it's our job to protect yeah. them from those things right that really contributes to
0: to the statistics that we see and it doesn't surprise me that that in the middle of covid i just looked this up this morning for a youtube episode that i'm putting together the the suicide rate among men reached it, it was 50 of all suicides or just under 50 percent were men i mean that that were of of I mean, you're, you're taking out young, you know, younger people in their teenage years and you're taking out women. You're, you're taking men in their mid-20s to about their yeah. 50s. That's a scary number when you stop and you think about that. And when you process that, what you're really beginning to see is that that number, it's coming down off the peak. It, it hit its peak during covid and it was about 35% higher than it was the years leading into COVID. And we've only come off of it about 5%.
1: Are you talking about the suicide rate with men?
0: Yeah, I'm talking about suicide rate. A suicide rate for, for
1: men, 80% of the, of the successful suicides are men. Uh, yeah. not,
0: well, I'm not, even just, yeah. I'm not even getting to successful yet. I'm just talking about attempts yeah. where men take out the, the teenage years, take out women, take out, I mean, you're talking about working age men are, are a full 50% of the statistic is working age men. Eighty percent of the ones that that actually result in death are men Mm -hmm. because they typically choose a more violent way because it is an expression many times of their frustration and their burnout. That's scary.
2: It's like it's the last way that they feel they can be heard. This
1: is kind of going to men specifically. There's there's a a school of thought that says that, that men are conditioned to be thought of as the disposable sex, that that men are, you know, to this day, if a ship is hey, going hey, down, can
0: right? not to interrupt your flow there? But how far back did that go? That thought that of the disposable sex. Do you remember when you first heard that? I've I've heard is that recent. Well, I mean,
1: it's just been in some some things that I've watched recently. But it's it's a when okay. you think about it. I mean, it, it's it's who goes down with the ship? Who's the first one off the ship? It's women and children who are the yeah. only ones that that are conscripted for war it's men it's it, there was a movement where the, the obama got on board with was which was bring home our girls which was uh, w- which were some girls that were held hostage but the problem with that with that and it, it was terrible i mean it, it was terrible that that these I, i'm pretty sure it was in africa that that these these girls were being held hostage the problem was the people mm-hmm. that were holding the the girls hostage first held some boys hostage and killed them and then they got the girls, and the ones that made the headlines were the girls, not the boys. And there is that that kind of a societal expectation that, that men are, are the disposable sex to a certain extent, and which is a shame. I, I I understand it. I mean, God does call us to be men that serve, and, and he does call us to something different. And, and there's a part of Yeah, that.
0: But we're not societies to dispose. No, we're I mean, not. Dis- I, I can be used in service to the kingdom. Right. I can be used in service to my family. And I'm not saying that you were, but, no. but I think that speaks to a point. It is not society's place to decide that men are disposable for their ends and their purposes. And that, I think that more than anything is contributing to this collective sense of I don't even know how to be a man anymore because everything is just pushing down on me so much. I just want to give up.
1: I, I get that. But what are the things that I would say is and it, as you get older, one of the things you start feeling less and less. Need for is conformity. I would say yeah. that just for myself, you don't want to. You, you brought up James Kirk, that, that fictional character, and one of the things that, that in the movie he he talks about the Kobayashi Maru, which 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 was mm-hmm. uh, a no win scenario. It was a no win scenario, and and the thing about it is, is he went and according to the movie, he went and sabotaged the test so that he could win it, and the problem mm-hmm. is, Kirk didn't want to fail didn't want to face failure. And I know a lot of guys who will go to great lengths to do exactly the same thing. We just don't see failure as an option. And I got to tell you, Mm -hmm. one of the things that has been freeing for me is to recognize I fail a lot more. And if I can't do it, look, here's a piece of great advice. If you want to get out of having to do the dishes, be so bad at it, that your wife will never ask you to do it again.
2: Keith is taking notes. <laughs> oh, well, no, listen. I, we've, we've mastered that skill around here. I, I, I don't ever have to fold towels again in my life because I do it wrong. But,
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. But here's we, we have this need to be ultra-competent. We have this mm-hmm. need to feel like we are invincible, and we're not.
2: Yeah. You know, one of the biggest lessons for kelly and i that that I, that really i learned from early in the reconstruction of our our marriage mm-hmm. that she didn't need me to fix everything yeah i want to fix everything that's my role but yeah. in the reality of things sometimes she just needed me to be upset too right <laughs> yeah 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 same lesson yeah here. that that you know what i didn't i don't you don't have to you don't have to do anything except sit here with me and be upset with me. and it yeah. man it was a weight you know it, it, it took away the this self-imposed to handle this well sometimes it's not to be handled I don't have to fix it mm. you know I just have to right. I just have to let it do what it what it's going to do and I think it, you know if if we're to, to ever you know not just handle burnout but I think to, to know how to take steps to avoid burnout, I think sometimes there's there's a lesson to be learned in just accepting things, right? That I yeah, can't yeah. manipulate everything, I can't control everything, and I can't fix everything. Certain, you know, and I think that's one of my favorite things about. They say, if you want to, if you want to know who a man really is, listen to him talk about the things that he loves.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right.
2: If it's his kids, he's gonna gush, right? <laughs> gush about my kids. My son was just baptized I baptized my son into Christ last week. Congratulations. And I could, man. I could go on about that, right? I could gush yeah. about uh, my daughter that's about to make me a grandpa, right? I mean I could gush about her for my wife, I can I can go on and on about my wife, right? I can brag even humble humbly of course. Humble, humble. <laughs> but, but,
0: Oh, come on. That's like that question I ask in the man in the man up group is, you know, what gives you self-worth? There's nothing wrong with getting self-worth from your family.
2: But I think, you know, for David, it was God. Right. And despite his flaws and his shortcomings. David gushed about. And there was there's an intimacy Mm -hmm. that you see with David. To God, for God, and with God. And I think that the, the word that we use for that is faith, right? Right. Um mm-hmm. man, you see that in Psalm fifty. Well, you see it Psalm twenty seven one, you see it Psalm forty one forty eight, seven and eight. You see, I mean you see it all through the Psalms, but man, Psalm fifty one, when he comes to God and and he's the, the ever popular ever all, all know, you know, we all know this passage, when he says, Created me a clean heart, what he's saying is that I can't do this. This is something that I can't do. So I need you to create a heart in me because I've messed this one up, you know, and, and I need I need create a clean heart. And so as men, I think sometimes when we burn out because we're not letting God do the things that only he could do. Well, I think we are so determined to drive this thing that we will drive it right in the ground. You know, we would sink the Titanic <laughs> rather than, than, than give that give that will to God. And, and, you know, David in Psalm 51, that's what he does, man. He yeah. says, I'm a failure. And what David shows us is, is yeah. that it's okay to fail.
0: I think there is something to be said for knowing when just to walk away. Yeah. And, and, and I say that because we have to be very careful because I don't want somebody to think, well, you know, I can just walk away from my marriage. Never are you sure. going to hear me counsel yeah. you for that. But there are very negative side effects to burnout. And, Kenny, you look like you got something that you wanted to add to that before I jump on to the next thing. Go ahead.
1: You took the perspective of God, and I think that's a really good one to take because I think what did God really see in David? He saw his child. Yeah. And the the thing about it is, is I all of us do. We we know people who have cheated in their marriage, which David did. We know people who have done some really heinous things, probably not nearly as heinous as what David did. I think about, if my son did those things, what would I feel about my son? Would I stop loving my son because he had a failed marriage, because he was the one who failed it? No, I think I'd probably still have to love him. Would I still love my son if he killed somebody? You know what? That is a heinous thing to do. And I think I'd probably still have to love my son. I, Mm -hmm. it's not that I don't want justice done. It's not that he's not going to have to bear consequences, but boy, I still just love my son.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that that gets back to just how lonely it can be. And and men are not the only ones to suffer burnout, but this program is for For men. men. Yeah. I think, I think it does get to just how lonely it can be to be a man and to shoulder the kinds of responsibilities that you guys are taking talking about, that when I think about that, I think about sometimes the unintended consequences of burnout. And, and I say this because one of the one of the things that I've seen, mm-hmm. in, and going back to Kenny's analogy of the Kobayashi Maru, the no-win scenario, is that oftentimes instead of getting help from our brethren for being in a no-win situation, what we get is blame. Mm-hmm. That I didn't make that mistake. So why did you kind of thing? Right. And it's very sanctimonious and very self-righteous. And this is why you don't have more resources like man up talking about these things because it's easier to blame people that are in the middle of difficulty than it is to do the hard work of helping them and say, you know what? Maybe I've never been in exactly that situation, but I've been in one that's a whole lot like right. it. If we're not careful, what we're allowing men to do is stay in this position where we've already said burnout is bad for your family. We've said it's bad for your career. Yeah. We've said it's, it's bad for churches. Stoneheart, you pointed that out. It's bad for congregations when their preacher or their elders are feeling burnout. Right. What are some of the unintended consequences, and why is it so necessary for men to help other
2: well, you know, and, and how do we get that help? You know, uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to quote him too much, but you know, despite a lot of the pushback that he gets, I, I love Jordan Peterson.
0: Oh, I love Jordan Peterson.
2: too. I love Jordan Peterson. I, I think that he says some really smart things.
0: All right, Jordan Peterson is now man up approved. <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, he's got the stamp. There you right? go, Jordan Peterson, man up approved. There you go.
2: You ever notice how he gets emotional talking about yeah. men and men's issues? And uh, there's there's one video mm. clip I know that you both have probably seen where the interviewer asked him, "Are men needed?" He said, "They're not just needed; they're necessary, right? You know, they're, they're they're essential." Well, he's what do you what are we going to do without men? Yeah, and what I think we need to realize as men in helping one another not burn out is that what happens if we all burn out? What, what's, what's next, right? Then what happens? Right.
0: What happens if we get to the point where the last one out just sweep the floors and turn out the lights? Is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, I mean
2: I, mean, well, I mean, I know, I know that's, that's one of those hypotheticals that will probably never, ever, ever happen, that there would always be someone to stand in the gap. But that's the point. Someone always has to stand in the gap. Right and and
0: so, but wait, wait wait a second. Is it really that far of a hypothetical? I mean, isn't what you're talking about exactly what God said to Judah in Isaiah? Exactly that your leaders are stupid, that you your heroes are people that are all about waking up and getting drunk, and I mean, haven't we been here
2: before? Hasn't it happened? Right, exactly. And and so I think you know, I think as I think we because this is a show for men by men. And about men. As men, we we have to (laughs) help one another. And here's what it boils down to. When we see it in each other, we have to be willing to call it out. Now, the trick about that is that you're only going to see that if you know me. Right? Because one of the other Mm -hmm. things about being a man who's burning out, I'm not going to let you see it right i <laughs> you, you know i i'm i'm going to keep it hidden yeah. and if you don't really know me you'll never know but if you know me yeah. you're going to be like hey dude what's going on with right if i'm holding up the the version of me you know that i only want everyone to see the highlight reel showing you the very best version of myself with my touched up photos and all this stuff right but if you mm-hmm. really know me you see whenever my arms get tired, but I let down the veil and the real me become visible. Yeah. We have to be willing to get close to each other. We have to be willing to be Mm -hmm. transparent, you know, and these are all buzzwords that I absolutely hate, but nonetheless, they're absolutely true in this context.
0: Well, but think about the kind of lessons that we're teaching our children when we're not vulnerable. I mean, I just, I mentioned when I launched the Real Dad Channel, the, the very first episode I did was Fatherhood 101. Mm-hmm. It, it was four things that every father needs to, needs to get better at in order to be a good father. And, and one is focusing on togetherness, intentionality, being mindful, and being enthusiastic. If I'm hiding who I am and what I'm struggling a- with away from my son, he knows what I'm struggling with. He's not stupid. He's got ears, and the conversations are not really that quiet when Lauren and I have them. I mean, I I know that he knows the things that I think about and worry about. When I, I try to hide things away and act like nothing's wrong, I'm not helping him at all. That we're not really isolating people from these things by keeping that veil up, but at the same time, I think it goes both ways, because I think for many people, it's easier to judge than it is to help. And I'm pretty sure that this is part of what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7, when he says, use righteous judgment, that don't judge lest you be judged. And he immediately goes into this this parable of a guy that's got a, a large beam, like a four by four, hanging out of his eye, and, and he's trying to inspect the guy with the moat in his eye. Right. That... We always have the clear view of what everybody else is doing wrong. But we don't know them well enough, and that's our shortcoming. We don't know them well enough to really exercise the kind of discerning judgment that helps. All we really get to is the point that we can condemn. Meanwhile, we're not even seeing what we're condemned for. Right.
1: I think one of the things, you're talking about, the relationship that we have with one another and the relationship we have with our own children, and I'm going to go again basically to that that Peter principle, which is the things that serve you well to get you to a mid level position within an organization is a lot of competence and not asking for a lot of help it's It's that you are the yeah. rising star in our organization and and you know how to do what you do, and we don't you don't need a lot of direction from us, you don't need a lot of help from us, you can do it and that's that's a very attractive place to be. But again, the higher mm-hmm. up you go within an organization, the more untenable that is. You can't do everything by yourself. And as you get older, yeah. and you're talking about burnout here, and here's the thing about burnout. It usually happens to just about all of us at about the same stage in life. Because when you start looking at when guys especially burn out, I mean, you're probably looking also at midlife. You're also probably yeah. looking at the, they're either middle management or or on the cusp of, of, of getting into upper management. They have more responsibility. That's
0: exactly the first time it hit me was middle 30s. Yeah. I, I was probably 35, 36 years old, maybe as young as 34. The first time when I felt like I, I just sort of raised my hands in the air and said, what am I doing? Yeah. I've got a preaching job. I've got a full-time job. I've got a wife that's unhappy at home because we can't have kids. What am I doing? And, and I remember for the first time, thinking I need help and I don't even know how to ask for it. <laughs> I don't know where to go to find the resources. I mean, we were talking about this off air before we launched this thing. I told you guys how I'm trying to, I went to this, these courses and I'm trying to learn to become a better podcaster and YouTuber and yeah. all those things. And I was lucky that I happened across one of their videos because I didn't know how to ask for it. I mean, I've got Kenny Embry and, and Chris Emerson, thousands of people listen to a week. I, know the right questions to ask well because we've been conditioned not to ask
1: right and it, you, you're, you're talking about think media the guy who's in charge of that sean cannell is really good at this so you you've got oh yeah he's a he's phenomenal yeah he really is and, and and he he knows what he's talking about and he has a very strong faith-based approach i i really appreciate what he's doing i've sought out help and i think that's one of the things you're going to get to how do we solve this thing and and part yeah. part of it is checking, starting to check your ego at the door. Because if you can't do it, somebody else will do it for you. And it's yeah. When you when you start talking about, you know, the people who are burning out are the people who have been who have been coasting by on talent for a long time. Their talent will eventually fail them, it, just because the stamina isn't there. And yeah. one of the things that, that, that happens is then you start figuring out, I don't even know the rules to this game anymore. And that's a very powerful place to be because you can d- decide either to quit or to ask for help. And there's wisdom. That's exactly right. There's, there's wisdom in both of those things. There are times to stop putting more time into, th- into something that will not serve you well. So stop it. But there are also times to think, no, this is actually something worth pursuing. So I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm going to have to finally admit what a big idiot I am, what I don't know, and who can help me accelerate progress. Again, both of those, depending on what the situation is, good answers. You know, you, you yeah. talked about
0: having a, a kid.
1: What did you know about having kids before you had them? Nothing. I promise Nothing. you. Yeah.
0: And, and I think about you having a kid, you came into the situation where they could already talk and argue back.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: <laughs> talk about trial by fire.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, it taught me a lot. I learned that I was not nearly as good a parent in, in practice than I was in theory. I've said this a thousand times when, when I was growing up, I knew I would never, never allow my, wa- my children to watch television. And even then, I was going to regulate it to one or two hours. That was it. But by the Mm -hmm. time I had him, I was so grateful for Elmo. And I was so grateful for (laughs) every Muppet that was out there and every. Yeah. And I tell you what, that was that was wonderful for me. And there was this whole other person that was there. And she had her ideas on how she wanted to raise children. And they didn't look like mine. And guess what? I had decided that I was going to be a big idiot about that, too. I could talk about that
0: for a long time. Well, no, I think it is one of the realizations that you have to come to. If we're going to deal with this, you mentioned Sean Cannell, my name, his his tagline, you know, you got to punch fear in the face. If we're really going to step up to the monster in the room that is burnout and say, I'm, you're not going to get me, we're going to, to be honest about our limitations. And one of our limitations is what I think only matters between my ears. Everything else, if it isn't about the word of God, it's going to have to come down to some kind of compromise between the way two people think that something needs to be done. And the more you try to avoid those kinds of discussions, the more impossible it becomes to manage all the situations in your life. And if you don't stop and ask for help, that Warren and I have conversations yeah. about what the future is going to look like living in the Pacific Northwest, exploding inflation. Yeah, One of the things that's on my mind a lot lately, sure. you know, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a preacher and people have a lot less disposable income all of a sudden to contribute to the work of the Lord. Are we going to have to make some cutbacks that I need to know what she thinks about that so that I'm not walking this road by myself? Right, right. And that's the reality of it. That's what Satan wants us he wants us to feel like it is you against the world. He wants you to forget there's a Bible verse that, that says, look, when the devil puffs you up, let God deflate you, yeah. paraphrasing 1 Peter 5. When, when the devil wants to crush you, then you run to God right. and throw your cares on him, and he cares for you. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, the war between God and Satan has already been decided. It was decided at the cross right. and at the resurrection. He's not going to win. You've got a loser who is telling you that you aren't capable of doing it God's way,
1: so give up. But the thing about that is, Jared, winning might mean you lose your job. Winning might mean a lot of things fail for you. The the person you haven't brought up yet is Job, and, and Job is the one who I think about. When I think about burnout, you talk about somebody, and you know, yeah. I was talking to Brian Haynes the other day, who's a good buddy of yours, and, and, and one of the things he he made a point about was, you know, that Job's wife went through everything Job did, and, yeah. and she came to a different conclusion, and boy, it makes sense, to the conclusion she came up with makes sense. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, and it's hard to criticize her for, for where she ended up. It was, Mm -hmm. it was the wrong answer, but you understand how she got there. And the thing about it is, is God doesn't promise a lot to us, but if you'll have the character of God, it makes you a lot more attractive, not just to God, but to a lot of other people as well.
0: Well, and that's that freedom that you were talking about earlier about the, the freedom when you reach a certain age. That and, and I think I've reached that age a couple of years ago, where the expectations of society, me, and the expectations of of people who don't matter. That's right. I mean, to be quite frank with you, and sometimes your brethren are going to ascribe motives to you that are not your motives. They don't have the right to control your self worth or to put more on you than you have placed on yourself. And I think I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, no one can make you feel inferior. And and part of burning out is this this feeling like I can't live up to the to the thing I need to live up to. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your without consent. Your permission, yeah. And that sometimes the right thing to do is just walk away. <laughs> I, I don't have the mental bandwidth to deal with your interpretation of what I'm trying to do. I don't have a mental bandwidth. I tell you who's, who's better at saying that than anybody is Chris Emerson. Hmm. I'm not going to take on your interpretation of what I'm doing. That's your issue, not mine. And I think at some point that's what I'd like to see men start doing. That when society says you're not raising your kid right because I, I don't care what you think. You know we we live in an area where not a lot of people homeschool. Mm-hmm. we homeschool our kid. We, sometimes we get the looks when we go out in public. Sure. And we, you know you're obviously one of those families. I don't care. I'm unashamed. I shot my shot this This was the decision, right, And the buck stops with me. My wife wanted to do it. I made the call. It stops with me. and I'm not going to be ashamed of that. no, because it is that sense of shame and living up to expectation that I think leads to a lot of the burnout we're feeling. Stoneheart, you're being noticeably quiet. What is well, going through see, that
2: yet? There's a lot of good things being said here. You know, I,
0: I'm not sure I stayed on topic. Well, totally, well
2: the, the oh. one thing that keeps reoccurring to me is that when I start to head for burnout, I don't really know if it's that so much, is that I just quit caring. I think for yeah. me, apathy takes over, and maybe that's a mirror. Yeah. Because I feel like nobody else cares. Well, if you don't care, I... Right. And, 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 and where that comes from, I think, is because, again, going back to my my, my childhood, I need affirmation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And yeah. There's a part of me that need I need someone to say, hey, good job. Dude. Right. Yeah. There's a very real part of me that doesn't need anyone's opinion that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But there again is sort of the answer in the question. Right. I do care and whenever i whenever i truly get to that point where i don't care anymore that's when the burnout is is there when i've just said you know what i don't care you know let the thing burn yeah you know and and and, and i think that's another flavor of what we're talking
0: about i think some people reach the point where they say i don't care and some people reach the point where where their burnout and and I think mine more lately has been I don't care yeah. when I've hit it but it's almost the shame of not being able to live up to those expectations but I think it's two sides of the same point. Yeah, yeah I agree that it's all about this thing that you're you're told to focus on that you can't ever achieve
2: well I think you know to there're little things right there're little things that add up you know whenever you're in a situation and 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 you know you don't have to be a three job guy like mm-hmm myself you know but when you start to get tired criticism doesn't mm-hmm. go over very well right <laughs> right yeah because you're like well i'm only doing five things so you know and so you you immediately start to get defensive and combative and that that obviously contributes to the apathetic approach to where you fight you get to a point where you're like well you know what do it yourself then, yeah. and it, and it all sort of becomes this mess of Caring and not caring simultaneously. Yeah, You know, and how do you, you know, and, and the only thing you can do in that situation is step back, you know, because yeah. no matter the move I make at this point, I'm just going to make a mess. And mm-hmm. that's when I realized that I'm, I'm, you know, the fall has begun and I'm already on the ground and I've just now realized it. So I'm just going to lay here for a little while. I'm going to recover. I'll see you guys in a week. It's
0: interesting that we've come to three different conclusions about the right way to address it. You know, I'm more of a—I'm just not going to play anymore. I, I'm not going to play the game. I'm going to choose what's important and I'm going to deal with it. And that's probably close to what Kenny, I think, is probably a little more—a little more of a statesman. Almost, let's navigate it, but choose what's really important. And Keith's like, I just got to go through it. Yeah. And I've got to acknowledge that it's going to happen. And I think somewhere in the, those three outlooks is the way that most men are going to navigate burnout is you've got people that will, that will, okay, Kenny, you look like, I see the look on your face. It looks like maybe I might've summed your thoughts up wrong. So, so no, 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 no.
1: Well, I mean, I, I I think there are things that that, that are important to remember if you're trying to get out of it. I I think whatever you're, if you're in preaching, you're in preaching for a reason. And what is that
0: reason? And my, my, you start with why? Yeah. Yeah. It's Simon Sinek. It, it, yeah.
1: Simon Sinek. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. about it is, is when, when you look at that, you, you started with wanting to serve people. You wanted to convince people to obey the gospel. You wanted to win souls to, to Jesus. And suddenly it looks like SEO and it looks like programming a website <laughs> and, and it looks like yeah. a, a technical job. But really what you got in for it into it for was really kind of something different. And mm-hmm. and you have because you're the only one who thinks this is the way this is, needs to go and well th- nobody else is seeing this so let me just do it so everybody can see what it looks like and then they can see and it's hard to argue against success so let, let's make this successful yeah. and and you're, you're now becoming a technician and that's not why you got into this. And so I mm-hmm. think one of the first things you have to figure out is Why is the reason what is the reason you got into this to begin with? And are you still doing that thing? Are you still fulfilled in the way that you that you wanted to be fulfilled? And then I want you to start thinking about it from somebody else's perspective. You think about. The people that rely on you and what good you're doing for them. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, every time a girl turned me down for a date, I was devastated as somebody who has now been married for a while, I want to thank every one of those girls. I am <laughs> grateful that they told me, yeah. no, because they were the wrong ones. I found the right one. And I'm grateful that they, they had more wisdom in that situation than I did. And th- mm-hmm. then I think the, the other thing is there are stupid parts of your job. Everybody's got them. Yeah. To the certain, to the extent that you can, can, Get rid of them. In an average day, I will get 150 email. And I don't know who believes that I'm going to read 150 emails in it. That's unrealistic.
0: But I bet they all believe theirs is the most important.
1: Well, of course it is. One of the things that I tell just about everybody I can, do not send me email. I'm not going to read it. Let me go ahead and set up this expectation for you now because I cannot have the bandwidth to do what you want me to do, and read email at the same time. If you want to talk to me, go down a flight of stairs. Come see me. I think what
2: we're seeing here, kind of at the culmination of this, is that whether we're attempting to minimize our burnout or prevent our burnout or just go through our burnout, there's definitely a necessity for bound. Yes. Um, yes. Amen. I think that's what I'm hearing through through all three of us is that there does come a point where boundaries go up. I think when we fail to do that, I think that's whenever burnout could be destructive. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to think of my burnouts as successful burnouts, but if it could not uh, be destructive burnout, that's ideal, right? I, I would very yeah. much like to come out of this unscathed, as well as anyone who is in the path of this right yeah and uh, yeah you know i thought whether it's stepping backwards and taking a day personal care that sort of thing or whatever. yeah like like kenny said mm-hmm. just, just realize i'm not going to read the email we have to respect our own boundary
1: the other thing that i would say to that keith is, is that we need to know that we're not alone right. i i think that the the one of the things that I'm, I'm very envious with with you preachers is you all have a very good informal network You guys basically Mm -hmm. talk to one another and you talk about what's going on in Texas or what's going on in Alabama, what's going on in Oregon. And I think that's the healthy network to have where you start seeing what's going on around the country. Most
0: of it is about figuring out what congregations are hiring. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. No, I'm kidding. But the thing about it is the ability to commiserate and, and to recognize that our struggles are not unique, that our struggles are actually pretty common. And that different people have found yeah. different ways to deal with those struggles. You know, one of the things that that is hard for me is is to is to be juggling so many balls in the air, and then to w- watch some of them drop, and and recognize, you know what? I can't do that one. I just can't do it all. I can't do it all. And then the rec- yeah. and then to talk to the guy right next door to me and saying, "Oh man, it took you this long. You I, look, I'm doing that months ago. I can't believe that you're still doing it." that's that's validated and i think one of the things especially for guys that kind of hit at our age we need to know that all of us mess up as dads all of us mess up as christians all of us all of us have feet of clay all of us are idiots every single one of us and the, the sooner we come to that conclusion the better off we'll all
2: yeah yeah absolutely
0: and I'd like to see Ben do is finally just sit down and figure out whose opinion matters. <laughs> That's exactly e- everybody's right. going to have an opinion on how to raise your kids, on what your marriage should be. Figure out whose opinion matters and listen to them. And I, I don't care whether you're talking about people in the world or you're talking about brethren in the faith. There are going to be people who will harm you with their opinion just because they want to harm you. And I'm not complaining. I'm not saying I'm experiencing this personally, but I have seen it. Oh yeah, I have seen this and figure out whose opinion matters and realize that you don't have to carry the burden of somebody else's bad opinion of what you're doing. It, it just doesn't have to resonate. It doesn't have to resonate. Find the people. I mean, I think about how many people I've I, known over the years that I wished I had had One more time to talk to them and really known what was going on in their life before (laughs) they made a tragic decision that either ended a marriage or ended a life. Find that person. And if you don't need that person today, go find the person that you can be that for. Because I can promise you that's a lot better use of your time than worrying about what the Republicans or the Democrats or the talking head on television Thinks about the way that you're living your life.
1: Here's the thing: the person whose opinion matters is twenty feet that direction. Right now, I think she's watching a YouTube video, and there are two kids, two, three kids that that are. Well, I think the fourth one has come home now. Those are the those are the opinions that matter. And really, if this isn't all rooted in God, not even their opinions. They're all they're only the most people that are important to you are usually within about 35 feet of where you're standing. That's fine.
0: All right, guys, let's go around the horn one more time. Stoneheart's yawning. <laughs> Kenny has that. new people in the house that he needs to go say hi to. They're a lot more important to talk to than than all of you in the listening audience. <laughs> because uh, you're more than 35 feet from him. But, <laughs> Keith, we're going to start with you. Give me Give me your closing thoughts. We'll go over to Kenny, and then I'll fold it up.
2: I think burnout is as natural as anything else in life, I think. I, I think that if you, if you care about anything, if you're passionate at all about you fill in the blank, whatever it is, for me, it, it's going to be ministry. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, Amen. You're going to burn out because yeah. it is personal. I've just come to accept that it's part of my process. It's part of my cycle. And oddly enough, it's a gauged, to kind of help me know where I am with it, that as long as I'm burning out, I'm still caring about it.
0: Doctor Embry,
1: I ditto everything that, that Keith said. I think it's 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 unavoidable. I think one of the things that happens during burnout is you find out real quick what's important, and you you find out what you're willing to put up with, and there comes a point where. You don't have anybody else to blame for what's going on, but you. And you just have to figure out what you're going to live with. Burnout will do one, a few things for you. It will clarify your values. It will tell you what is important. I, I think the other the other thing that that burnout will will do for you is it, it will start helping you figure out where you belong and to whom you belong. Yeah. Find other men who can really help you and who really love to give you good advice.
0: Well, I'm going to add to that that, guys, we really have to learn to choose our battles, what's important and what's not. The world's going to try to waste your time and your energy on a lot of things that aren't. For me, burnout is not usually professional burnout so much as it is emotional weariness of just everything life wants to throw at you. Pick your battles. Decide what's important and what's not important decide things that aren't important let them go and again you got to make those decisions within God's word i've known a lot of people who have blown up marriages because they very selfishly just decided it wasn't important to them anymore i'm not endorsing that no but i am saying your voice doesn't have to be part of every battle you don't mm-hmm. have you don't have to wage into every fight and you don't have to do it alone don't yeah. don't keep secret stuff away in your heart and not and that you think is too big of an issue to share with your brethren or your spouse or somebody. Yeah. And at the end of the day, once you decide that something doesn't matter anymore, let it go and don't apologize for it. Right. And I, I, that's probably the one big point of catharsis that I've come to through all of this and YouTube and podcasting have really helped me with that one As I've really focused my message toward men is I'm going to stop, apologizing for not being what somebody else thinks I need to be. If (laughs) I one am not supposed to be that and and two never agreed to be that. Right. I'm going to quit apologizing. I want to throw this out there just because we did mention the topic of suicide today. I did not realize this until I, until I did some research on the passing of, of Jason David Frank guys. If you're not in a position where you can immediately talk to your brethren or somebody in your congregation, there is a national hotline that you can call. All you have to do is pick up your phone and dial 988. That's right. And you will be connected with the suicide prevention hotline. If you are struggling with something emotionally, don't make a rash decision. Right. Find a voice that will help you continue on until the darkness passes and then get the help you need. Right.
2: Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. I appreciate you being here. This was a heavy episode, but it's one that I'm glad you two wanted to step in on because it's one that I think guys really are struggling with. I think most of us are struggling with burnout to one degree or another. Mm, Yeah. And I think a lot of the younger guys are ill-prepared for how to handle it. So thanks for being here.
2: I've been doing right, Thank you.
0: All right, guys. Well, from all of us here at Man Up, we want to say have a good day. God bless. And man up.
2: Dismissed!